Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 4 today. Mark chapter 4. We're going to begin with verse 35. Now, Jesus has been teaching different parables of the kingdom. He's been healing the sick. Uh, He's just had a really busy day of ministry. And notice we pick up what's going on in verse 35. On the same day, that very day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But as he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Father, I, I too praise your name today. You've given us this day to worship you, to come aside with our Christian brothers and sisters in a free land, uh, in this place that we call our church home, to worship together. What a blessing. So many don't have a church home. So many would love to be here, but they're sick or afflicted and working and other things, and the cares of the world have kept them from this place. Lord, don't let that happen to us. Let us focus on you. Let Jesus be lifted up high among us. And Father... I just pray you'll speak to us through your word and that you'll be glorified because of your word. Especially, Lord, I pray for those sitting within the sound of my voice who have never accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior publicly. You know who they are. You know what they need to do. So send your Holy Spirit to convict them of that this very hour. As you do these things for us, Father... We'll so sing your praises as we leave this place. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. You may never never heard of Eric Barker. Eric Barker was a British missionary. He served in Portugal for over 50 years. He served uh, during World War II. When the situation became rather bleak, he actually took the advice of uh, some of his compadres, his friends, and he sent his wife and eight children back to England for safety. His sister-in-law and their three children also went back. The following Sunday, uh, he stood before his congregation there in Portugal, and he said, I have news, my family has arrived safe at home, and he proceeded with the service. It wasn't until two or three days later that his congregation finally understood what those words meant to Eric Baker. He had received word. The ship was sunk by a German U-boat and all on board drowned. 
But he knew, he knew that everybody there was a Christian and they had truly arrived safely at home. We come to a section of scripture where the disciples experience a literal storm. One of the storms of life. It was very dangerous time. And you're talking about at least four of them that were professional fishermen that had been on the Sea of Galilee many times and knew how to weather a storm. And yet they panicked and woke Jesus up and said, Don't you care? We're perishing? Uh, translation, the boat sinking. What would make these guys do this? They, like us, sometimes forget a simple truth when life storms hit. That truth is we have to trust Jesus in the midst of the storms of life. We, We need to trust Jesus when the storm is raging. And so, uh, what does that really mean to us today? Well, the first thing that it means is this. They forgot that Jesus knows. Now, did you hear that? They forgot that Jesus knows. It says, now on the same day when evening had come, he, who is he? Jesus. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. You see, they're on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. He wants to cross to the western side because it's not as populated. He needs some rest. Obviously, he fell asleep in the midst of a storm. It couldn't even wake him up. But he wants to go over there and just have some time with his disciples. So he said, let's cross over to the other side. And (coughs) when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. So he's got a little armada traveling across the Sea of Galilee. But they forgot that Jesus knows. Here's what I mean by that. It was Jesus' idea to cross. Don't you think he knew that there was a storm coming? You know, there were some times when Jesus limited himself because he was fully human and fully divine, but he knew things that he shouldn't be able to know because of his divine nature. And he he knew there was a storm coming. He knows when there's storms coming in our lives also. And we need to remember that Jesus knows. I think Jesus knew when the storm was coming. I believe he knew how bad it was going to be. I I think he knew what he was going to do, how he was going to get them through. Guess what? He knows the same things about the storms in our life also. They forgot that Jesus, Jesus knows. Do we forget that? You see, we, we need to understand that Jesus knows all things. And yet he still loves us. And yet he still cares for us. You see, the writer of Proverbs said it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And he shall direct your paths. It also says in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You know, there are other scriptures that that we probably need uh, to remember about Jesus' knowledge. Psalm 139 Uh, verses 14 through 16 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Jesus knows. God knows where we're at. God knows what we're experiencing. Do we understand that when the storm is upon us? The disciples had forgotten that. Jeremiah needed to know that God was calling him. And it says in Jeremiah 1, beginning with verse 4, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, I formed you in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. I read all those scriptures to remind us, Jesus knows. There's not a thing you or I are undergoing today or tomorrow or if he tarries a year from now that he didn't know was going to happen. Do we understand that? Do you rest in that? We should. You see, we need to understand that not only that, Romans 8, 28, 9 reminds us all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose for whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he, speaking of Jesus, might be the first fruits. God knows where you are. God knows what is happening. Don't forget. He is the one at work in our lives. When the storms happen. I don't know how that missionary. uh, Receiving word that his family had all perished. Could stand and preach. But he did. Later on he said. They're home. It's a good reminder of the storms of life. So they forgot that Jesus knows. But the the other thing they forgot, they forgot who was with them. I don't know how they forgot that, but they did. Look at verses 37 and 8. They forgot who was with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat. That's sort of important. I'm not much on boats. I'm not very good at driving them. But one thing I know, the water's supposed to stay outside the boat. Isn't that astute of me to know that? You see, it says the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke up and said to him, they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They forgot who was with them. Now, there's a clue there for us. Storms, if we're not careful, can make us forget the faithfulness of God. I, I, I mean, when you're in the midst of the storm and the trouble is filling your boat, uh, you know, and you're, you're panicking, you're battling water, and you forget God's faithfulness. I think Jesus knew the storm was coming, but he trusted the Father to get him safely to the other side. They didn't. Hmm. All they had to do to remember who was with them was to look at the back of the boat is that the back? Which is the stern, some of you Navy people? The back, okay. And, and when you turn around and look, there he is, sleeping like a baby on a pillow. 
Now, you wonder about that because it said the wind arose. And see, we don't get the full impact of that. It means it was like a hurricane force. It means that it was blowing so hard and the rain was coming down so fast and all the things going on, you couldn't see. I always wondered what happened to all the other little boats that were there. But you see, they make us forget the faithfulness of God. Look to the back of your boat and there Jesus is. But I promise you, he's not asleep. The second thing that, that they did, they, see, they forgot who was with them. And, and storms can make us doubt that God cares. In the midst of the storm, with all this going on, in the panic mode, we tend to forget that God cares. They go back to the back and shake him awake. Don't you care that we're perishing? We're going to die. See, sometimes we forget that God does care. He cared enough that he promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. He cared enough that he sent Jesus to die in our place on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins and be saved, gloriously saved. He cares enough to give us his word. He cares enough that the Holy Spirit resides within us. He cares enough to give us Christian brothers and sisters. He cares enough to make sure we're going to make it. And storms, as I've already said, make us forget that God is in the boat with us. I don't know how they could forget that, except this. They took their eyes off Jesus, and they looked at the waves coming over the side of the boat. Because it says, didn't you say that the boat was there? It said the waves beat into the boat. So I can just see they must have ridden with Robert Simmons in his boat. Oh, you have no idea. We're out there. It's cold enough that the line would freeze right there. And he's doing 70 miles an hour. I knew I was in trouble when he said, don't you want to get in the bottom? Joyce gets in the bottom. I'll never make that mistake again. When he says get in the bottom, I'm getting in the bottom. I didn't know you could get a brain freeze from the outside in. But we had a good time. and We caught a lot of fish. By the time I warmed up about 5 o'clock that afternoon, it was a pretty good day. <laughs> but you see, sometimes we need to remember who the boat is captained by. That he's with us. That he is faithful. There's a little painting, and it's entitled Peace, and you may have seen a copy of it. And it shows a picture of a seashore and the rocks, the cliffs, and the waves are coming in and crashing. And you can see the dark sky and the rain and the lightning. And you know, it's just a terrible storm. And then in the very corner, you see off behind the cleft of the rock, way back deep, in that picture is a little bird calmly sitting on her nest with her eyes closed. That's why he entitled it Peace. We have a cliff to the rock. We have a rock who is our stronghold. We have one who can still the storm inside of us. Are we approaching him? Do we remember that? Do we remember who is with us on this journey? 
He called us, and this journey is his idea, and we're following him. I got news for you. Don't believe the name it and claim it, folks. Don't believe they'll grab it and blab it, folks. When you're on a journey with Jesus, you're going to experience storms because it makes you trust him more. Makes me trust him more. Not only that, they forgot their faith. <laughs> Look at verse 39. He rose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You see, when I talk about this, there was something came to my mind. You're a professional fisherman. You're in a boat. You're used to this sea. You know the storms. The Sea of Galilee is notorious for its storms because the mountains surrounding it, and they whip through the gaps, and it just blows horribly. Where was their anchor? Have you ever wondered that? Where was their anchor? I mean, a professional fisherman, most of the guys I know, they have an anchor of some kind. You see, sometimes they tell me that when you're out in the deep, the ship sinks the anchor so that it rides through the storm. Where was their anchor? And then I said, well, did, did they not have one? Was it a borrowed boat? I don't know. I'm trying to give him some credit. But, you know, we have an anchor, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> Hebrews 6, verse 19. This hope. Hope of salvation in Christ. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. So we have that song that says, my anchor holds. Behind the veil was the holiest of holies. Only the high priest could enter, and Jesus, our anchor, entered there. Sprinkle God's mercy seat for us once forever. And our hope is that him, he's our anchor. I think they forgot to use their anchor. See, that happens to us in, in storms with the hustle and the bustles, the stress of the moment, the crisis is there. And we forget to take a deep breath and call out to our anchor for help. Or our anchor doesn't ask, answer us as fast as we want it answered. It amazes me that God's timing never seems to be my timing. But his timing is always perfect. And then the last thing, did they not trust their anchor? If they had one and they wouldn't put it out, is it because they didn't think it was a good enough anchor? Do we trust our anchor, Jesus, the anchor of our souls? Hmm. It's sort of like uh, several years ago, they interviewed some people on one of those islands right before a tsunami hit. And, and one certain tribe all moved up to the high. And they said, why? I said, because we, we'd been taught that when the earth trembles like that, to uh, move to higher ground. And they said all of them were scared to death. And there was one old lady. She was the oldest in the village. And they called her mother. Everybody called her mother. She was older than dirt. She was old. And they said, mother... Why aren't you upset? I mean, the ground is trembling. And, and she said these words in complete calmness and joy. She said, I'm not afraid. 
I rejoice that I have a God that can shake the ground and scare everybody else. Is your world shaking right now? Do you not know the God who controls the shaking? The last thing is they forgot what was most important. He said, then why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? What is most important is they had a relationship with Jesus. What is most important in the midst of the storm is we have a relationship with Jesus. Where's our faith? It's been tried. It's been tested. It's been beat up. But you see, nothing can take away that. Now, I want you to realize a couple of things. Think about it. They had walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus. They'd been ministry with Jesus. And at no time, did you hear that? At no time had Jesus ever failed them or let them down. And they're scared of a little storm. Well, a big storm. And the second thing was this. In the time they had been with Jesus, they had never counted anything that he could not handle. You will not encounter anything that our God cannot handle. I will not encounter anything that Jesus cannot handle. Does that make it easy to go through the storm? No, we're going to be battered. It's going to be rough sailing sometimes. Sometimes it's not. As soon as he stands up and says... Think about it. The storm didn't just die down. Complete calm. The wind stopped. The waves stopped. Everything stopped. The word of God. When you're in the midst of the storm, my advice is get on your knees and pray, but read God's word. It amazes me that All of nature obeyed Jesus. The demons obeyed Jesus. The only thing I see not obeying Jesus are some of the people. They could handle the storms on their own. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Some of of you are going through storms right now. Some of you can see storms on the horizon. You think you've got it. I got this. Some of you are sort of like my uh, grandson, Asher. I don't know what he was thinking or what he was expecting. He went to the bathroom and his mama heard him exclaim as he finished, I didn't see that coming. And Some of you are trying to handle it on your own and you didn't see that coming because you haven't trusted Jesus Christ enough to surrender your life. There's a storm coming for some because you're not in the protection of Jesus. You've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. There's a storm coming and some of you are not living for Jesus. And you can't be in the center of his will if you're not living for him. Some need to come for salvation. Some for rededication. Some for church membership. But some just need to come to the altar and bow and turn the storm over to him. Only he can handle it. Some of you need to grab a hold of your anchor and realize he will not be moved. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. 
Brother Ronnie's going to leave a hymn of invitation. You don't wait to respond to God's call this morning. If he's been talking to you, you respond. Father, this is your time. I just ask that your will would be done and that Jesus be glorified in our midst. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.